This is Work Mysteries. I'm Julie Burstein, and I am here with Dick Nodell. And I'm going to say good morning, even though it's late in the afternoon, because I always like saying good morning. So, Dick, I have, um, it's not so much a question as a story that I wanted to share with you, because I think you might be able to offer some wisdom about it. And that is, um, I was at a party recently, and a young woman who is a an entrepreneur who has done very, very well and has started a very successful company, was talking about how one of the um, investors who invested in her company had invited all of the different companies to an event, or about 250 people. Out of those 250 people, there were only about 15 women. And this woman is young. She's probably in her early 30s. And she was standing next to a group of men at the party when one of them reached behind him with his wine glass and said, could you get me another glass of white, please? And she was so taken aback. You know, here she is. She's one of the CEOs in this group. But she took the wine glass. She said, I didn't bring him another glass of wine. But she said, I think he thought I was a waitress. Is there a way that I'm like holding myself that people think I'm not one of them? I'm one of the staff. And I thought this is a really, first of all, it's just a, horrifying story in 2012. But I know that this is what happens in some worlds. And my, I guess my question to you is, in that sort of a situation, what's what's a way of sort of taking it in and not ending up feeling, you know, I, I must be doing something wrong here, which is, I think, the way that this young woman felt. Well, I'm, I'm not sure that's an avoidable feeling in the moment for having said that. But let me ask you first, what was the purpose of the gathering? You know, I'm not entirely sure. I think it might have been some networking, a chance um, for these different entrepreneurs to meet each other. This is a big thing in in these circles is maybe there's some synergy. Okay. So one of the things I'm going to guess here is that there's some kind of public character or role that this young CEO hasn't developed for herself yet. So in answer to the question it's partly yes, there is something she's, she's in this case, not doing. Um, I also want to get around to a, a kind of a move she could make in that situation in the future. But the, the larger issue here is, and I think this is true for all CEOs, um, and especially for all women leaders, that there is a, a necessary construction of a public self that is not inauthentic. I want to be very clear that this isn't about creating some false self and being actually a bad actor, but rather being an authentic actor, someone who is genuinely calling upon certain aspects of the self, certain facets of the self, to create a character that mediates with the public world to transact around business. And that she would need to actively construct that persona uh, including costume and props. So sort of the way that an actor might inhabit a role. It's it's not that it, this is separate from yourself, but it's calling up the pieces of yourself that could present a, a, a public face in that way. Well, it, it is exactly like that with the added confusion of it's more like, and I actually have worked with actors and have we've talked about this, where the actor themselves has to create a character with their own same name so that the actor is being themselves, but being this public aspect of themselves. You know, it's so funny. It's almost like being a radio host. I had one host once who was an actor say to me, okay, so who am I? 
when I'm on the air. And I said, well, you're you, but we have to figure out who that you is when you're on the air. So it, it, this sounds very, very familiar. Now, the, in acting, there's a lot of focus on intentionality. And that also translates over directly here. So uh, this CEO really needed to have a good sense of what it is that she was going to try to accomplish in this larger networking mess. I'm not sure what to call it. But um, that there's a way in which if she doesn't have her own purpose stated, if she doesn't have a task that she's looking to accomplish then there's a way in which her role will be defined by whatever the social defaults are in the room. And I believe that's a piece of why she got misrecognized. So it sounds like a piece of this, especially, and going into these sorts of gatherings, I guess for some people it's easy, but for most of us, it's not very easy to go into these big, high-pressured, but disorganized... I have to go into those situations. I will often spend a few moments doing shadow boxing in my hotel room before I go downstairs just to get the energy and the aggression moving. Moving. That's interesting <laughs> to channel it. But it, it, and it's also sometimes these gatherings are not very well um, choreographed so that you end up without much of a purpose. So it sounds like the key thing you can do, regardless of what's going on around you, is think, what's my goal here? I just want to say to everybody that my head is nodding furiously as Julie's talking. <laughs> That's the great thing about radio. Actually, Dick's head nods furiously all the time when I speak. <laughs> no, no, no. This was a particular, particular moment. Um, so th I, I like this because regardless of what this situation is, whether it's a cocktail party, whether it's a big convention, whatever, you you can come up with your own script for what it is you want to do there. Yeah, and, and now actually we ought to pause and have some sort of deep, profound music playing because this actually is a piece of wisdom that is in the heart of all the great spiritual traditions. And it has to do with this notion of intentionality. And intentionality is always spoken of as this big highfalutin concept. What we're really talking about is what is it you're trying to do in this next moment? What is it you're trying to get out of it? What's the outcome you're looking for? What moment are you trying to make? And I believe that especially in these social situations where the defaults are so powerful and that it's so easy to be simply defined by whatever role is left for us, like the last chair at a table, that what we need to be able to do is articulate for ourselves as best we can what it is we want to get out of it and then who we're going to be to achieve that. So the, what's the task and what's the role? As you're talking, I'm realizing I just went through a similar sort of situation in that um, I spoke at the TED conference, which was hugely exciting. And I described it to someone afterwards. It was sort of like having a baby. I'd focused so much on the moment of giving that talk that I forgot to think about what was going to happen after I gave the talk. And I think that, th and it was much harder for me. The, the days leading up to actually speaking were easy because I knew exactly where it was I was going and what it was I was going to do. And once I spoke, that's when everything came crashing in and I was just a nervous wreck. And I thought, how interesting that I wasn't nervous going out there, but it all hit me right afterwards. Well, that speaks exactly to what we're saying, that when we're on task, it gives us a kind of natural armor. And once we're lost of that task, then what happens is the social system itself starts defining us, 
and will eventually take us over if we don't have a very clear way to differentiate ourselves going forward. So thinking about this young woman in that kind of a gathering, what, if you were having a conversation with her, what kinds of things would you ask and what kinds of ideas might you lead her towards? Well, I would certainly want to ask her, for instance, why was she at that meeting? What was she doing there? And what were some of the things that would be reasonable expectations to get out of it? So, for instance, maybe one of the things she could set as a, a goal for herself was to make sure that she actually spoke to three or four CEOs and just let herself be known to them. This would have been a perfect opportunity. This guy gives her a glass. He, she says, thank you. That's so sweet of you that you thought that I was a waitress. But you know what? I'm a CEO just like you. <laughs> That's a hard thing to do. But, I mean, maybe if there was a joke or something or a way to kind of play with it, I don't know, that's a, such a strange situation to be in. Well, I th think she has the power in that moment, so it's actually going to be harder for him than it is for her. Oh, interesting that because of this gaffe that he made, she can take that moment and she, move with it. What it is, it's a pivot moment. There, you know, it's... It's a place where she is being, give, being given a chance to do a kind of a judo move. All the momentum is coming at her. He has completely focused her as this thing that's called a waitress. And what she's doing is she's going to blossom out of that and become three-dimensional before his very eyes. And he's going to blush or something. Um, she'll need to be prepared that that will cause a reaction, which I see it already did in you. But there's a way in which that encounter, by definition, will be much more powerful for him, probably even than for her, if she's able to turn it around there. And probably more powerful than had someone just said, oh, so-and-so, meet so-and-so. For sure. Uh, because then what she can do is she can always follow it up, since he's going to be dumbstruck for another moment or two, we have to assume. She now has a moment of messaging that she can use, where she can get across whatever she wants to say to him, and he'll actually hear it better than he probably ever would any other circumstance. And so there again, it's what's the intention? What is it that you go into these social situations wanting to have? You know, you said a moment ago to meet other CEOs. Maybe there's a step further of once you meet them, what is it? What's the one piece that you want to get from that interaction? Right. What, what is it you want them to know about you? What is it that you want to find out about the possibility of connection and working together? I want to come back to the transaction because I know it, it sounds very glib and I've been practicing at this sort of thing for decades now and it's very hard for other people to try to imitate that. Um, I wouldn't expect her to be able to do that, first of all, by herself right away anyhow. But most importantly is if she can find some way to get past her own feeling of awfulness in that moment and somehow dig deep and find a smile and in that way be affectionate and receptive towards him, that's what will turn it around. So that instead of pulling back in horror or embarrassment or confusion, she takes the moment to lean back into him and make contact, especially a kind of affectionate contact where she's going to use the simple fact of our gender differences. As a woman, he's going to be more responsive to her warmth than another guy saying the same thing. What I'm hearing, too, is that 
We're often the most open when something goes wrong. You know that that messages can get in when something screws up in a way that when something goes along the script, you don't have that same opportunity. And so even though this is one of those experiences which initially is like, Ugh, there's a way of playing with it so that something goes in even more deeply. Well, and it, if she's interested in becoming a master for, of that, and I have to say it's been one of the things I've tried to study a lot, it's fun mastery, that is that what happens, you start looking for those moments because those are the moments when change really happens. Those are the moments of, you know, philosophers like to talk a lot about that, that it's really only the interruption of habit that allows for new thinking. Novelty only emerges when things break down. So the, here's a breakdown of expectation. Here's some place where she thought she was going to have some sort of natural social interaction. Maybe she even thought she was just going to stand there and listen. So there's some habit thing that took place she is able to use the momentum of that, turn it back on itself and create a very different kind of feedback loop that now serves her purposes. I love that. That's a wonderful way of looking at, especially those moments that can be the most uncomfortable, is that they also can be the most transformative. They are, and it's, it's a very hard thing to recognize. And this, I'm going to say this, Virtually all the leaders I've worked with in my career, there's some way in which there's a deep disillusionment that happens early on in the work when you recognize that sometimes when you're being most successful, it feels the worst. And in fact, certain clients have said, this is, this is the Dick Nodell rule. If it feels bad, you're doing the right thing. <laughs> it's not quite that. <laughs> but it can sometimes feel like that. Well, this is... All really great food for thought. Thank you so much for illuminating another work mystery. Thank you. And I wish her very good luck. And uh, I think she can have fun with this. I hope so. Thank you, Dick. <laughs> Thanks, Julie. <laughs>